Hello and welcome to episode number 83 of Bill Man, the Sport Guys podcast. I am your host, Bill Man, where I get to report you the latest weekly news from the NFL, NBA, MLB, and NHL. Alrighty. Now, normally, I do start off with the NFL, but today's going to be a little different because in the NFL, there's one topic that I really got some thoughts that I would like to release it out to the crowd. And you guys can always give me your thoughts and opinions on Twitter at BillManSports and Instagram at BillManSportsGuy. Alright, we're going to start off with the NBA first with a couple stories and plus one fact. The one fact is, the Denver Nuggets mascot Rocky is the highest paid mascot in the NBA, making $625,000 annually. That's more than 10 times the average that that an NBA team pays for their professional mascot, which their typical salary is around $60,000. That's crazy. All right, so for the two NBA topics, the first one, we're going to get this out of the way. The Miami Heat have signed Tyler Hero to a four-year $130 million extension. With the Miami Heat. He will, now, Tyler Hero did came out as the sixth man of the year award this season. And he averaged 20.7 points per game, 5.0 rebounds per game. Sorry about that. I sneezed. But anyway. And uh, 4.0 assists per game and was shooting 47.7% from the field range and Almost 40% from the three-point. Now, Tyler Hero is an incredible player for the Miami Heat, no matter what. He's fantastic all around. Definitely also a good guy coming off the bench, and he is a baller for the Heat. I definitely think he's one of the core pieces for the Miami Heat. So, let me know your thoughts and opinions on that extension. Now, for the latest NBA topic, unfortunately, as a Bulls fan, this really concerns me. Lonzo Ball may not be ready to start the season. Now, before his surgery, which, to update, it did go well, and the Bulls are now optimistic for a time return. It depends when. They said it's possibly around December or January, but that all depends. But the biggest quote from Lonzo says, he can't run or jump yet. As a Bulls fan, that has to be a red flag. Now, I do think the Bulls will still be fine because Iota Sumo is actually trying to be a point guard. And Billy Donovan's got so many depth, so many options for a point guard, with whether it's Kobe White, uh, Gordon Drachik, or Iota Sumo. Or, there was another point guard I thought of, but his name's not slipping in my head at the moment. But, however, I still think the Bulls will be fine. It might be rough to start the season, but I think we'll be fine, and I definitely think the Bulls will still be a playoff team at the end of the day. How far do I think they'll go? Probably past the first round, but that would also depend who they verse. So overall, I really hope Lonzo's okay, but I still think the Bulls will will be okay, but... His defense is still definitely going to be missed on that court because Lonzo Ball is one hell of a defender at 
the point guard. He's arguably the top five, top ten best defensive players in basketball when healthy. All right, but let me know your thoughts and opinions on the Lonzo Ball. Now to the NHL. So in the NHL, there was only really one. Okay, so now the only contract news to talk about is the Montreal Canadiens have re-signed Jake Allen to a two-year deal worth $3.8 million. Jake Allen has been a fantastic goaltender and backup for the Montreal Canadiens, putting up solid numbers ever since he got there. He's been starting and sometimes backing up to Carey Price when healthy, but we don't know if Carey Price is ever going to play a game this season. I do think Jake Allen will be fine. The biggest question is, how much better are the Canadians going to be with the moves they've made this offseason? Let me know your thoughts and opinions on that. On Twitter at BillManSports and Instagram at BillManSportsGuy. So now we're going to go to my weekly team reviews and thoughts and opinions. Now, I do want to apologize in advance. I did make a very rare hiccup in last episode. So the teams we're going to talk about today is the New York Rangers, who got eliminated in the Eastern Conference Finals. But I, I do have to talk about the Calgary Flames. In today's episode, I would have mentioned the Edmonton Oilers, but I accidentally mentioned them last episode, in episode number 82. Because they got a li- both Rangers and Oilers got eliminated in the third round. So kind of see how this goes, you know. But the Calgary Flames were actually eliminated in the second round. And I accidentally didn't do them instead of, but with the team that got eliminated in the third round. So that's my mistake. But anyway, we're going to talk about it. So here we go. So the Calgary Flames, now yes, they did get eliminated in the second round by the Edmonton Oilers. But the regular season stats, in 82 games played, they went 50, 21, and 11 for 111 points. Their goals for was 293, goals against 208, goal differential plus 85, and they were 6-2-2 in their last 10 games. Now for the player stats in the regular season, Johnny Goudreau in 82 games played, 40 goals, 75 assists for 115 points, followed by Matthew Kachuk in 82 games played, 42 goals, 62 assists for 104 points. Followed by Elias Lindholm in 82 games played. 42 goals, 40 assists for 82 points. Andrew Mangiapani in 82 games played. 35 goals, 20 assists for 55 points. And Rasmus Anderson to round out the top five in 82 games played. Four goals, 46 assists for 50 points. And honorable mentions goes to Noah Hannafin in 81 games played. 10 goals, 38 assists for 48 points. And Mikhail Backlund in 82 games played. 12 goals, 27 assists for 39 points. And for the goaltending, Jacob Markstrom in 63 games played had a record of 37, 15, and 9 with a 222 goals against and a 922 save percentage. Followed by... Dylan Flatter, no, Dan Vladder. Dan Vladder, that's how you say it. Okay, so Dan Vladder, in 23 games played, had a record of 13-6-2 with a 275 goals against and a 906 save percentage. And then, if we go to the postseason, 
The goaltending stats were Dan Vladder in only played in one game, record of zeros, with a zero goals against and a 1,000 save percentage. Followed by Jacob Markstrom in 12 games played, had a record of 5-7-0, with a 295 goals against and a 901 save percentage. And for the top five, Johnny Goudreau in 12 games played, three goals, 11 assists for 14 points. Followed by Matthew Kachuk in 12 games played, four goals, six assists for 10 points. Followed by Elias Lindholm in 12 games played, five goals, four assists for nine points. Then Mikhail Backlund in 12 games played, five goals, three assists for eight points. And Andrew Mangiapane round up the top five in 12 games played, three goals, three assists for six points. And they were eliminating the second round by the Edmonton Oilers. So, Calgary Flame fans, you guys had yourselves one hell of an offseason. Yes, you guys did lose Johnny Goudreau as he signed a big contract with the Columbus Blue Jackets. You guys did also trade away Sean Monaghan to the Montreal Canadiens. And you guys also traded Matthew Kachuk to the Florida Panthers for Jonathan Huberto and Mackenzie Weger. So, my overall biggest question is, with the loss of Kachuk, Goudreau, and Monaghan, and with the additions of Huberto and Weger, Mackenzie Weger to the blue line, how dominant are the Montreal Canadiens going to be this season? I do think, well, for Huberto and Kachuk, though, both teams basically swapped MVP caliber players, but Mackenzie Weger is a big plus addition to the Calgary blue line, and I do think he will help. But you guys can always let me know your thoughts and opinions on that. All right, now for the next team that actually got eliminated in the third round is the New York Rangers. So the New York Rangers in the Eastern Metropolitan Division, in 82 games played, had a record of 52, 24-6 for 110 points, finished second. Their goals for was 254, goals against 207, a goal plus 47, and they were 6-4-0 in their last 10 games. All right, now to their goaltending stats. First one is Adam Huska for the New York Rangers in one game played, lost his only game, and had a 704 goals against and an 821 save percentage. Followed up by Keith Kincaid, also in one game played, and he won his only game with a 200 goals against and a 935 save percentage. Then followed by Alexander Gorgiev in 33 games played, had a record of 15-10-2 with a 292 goals against and an 898 save percentage. And then Igor Shosturkin in 53 games played, had a record of 36-13-4 with a 207 goals against and a 935 save percentage. Then if we go to their top five skaters, Artemi Panarin in 75 games played, 22 goals, 74 assists for 96 points. Followed by Mika Zibanejad in 81 games played. 29 goals, 52 assists for 81 points. Followed by Chris Kreider in 52 games played. Or 81 games played, sorry. 52 goals, 25 assists for 77 points. Followed by Adam Fox in 78 games played. 11 goals, 63 assists for 74 points. Then Ryan Strone to round up the top five in 74 games played. 21 goals, 33 assists for 54 points. The honorable mentions go to Jacob Truba in 81 games played. 
11 goals, 28 assists for 39 points. Followed by Barkley Goudreau in 79 games played. 13 goals, 20 assists for 33 points. Then if we go to the playoffs, the top five goal scorers, Mika Sabinajad in 20 games played. 10 goals, 14 assists for 24 points. Followed by Adam Fox in 20 games played. 5 goals, 18 assists for 23 points. Then Chris Kreider in 20 games played. 10 goals, 6 assists for 16 points. Then Artemi Panarin in 20 games played. 6 goals, 10 assists for 16 points. Then Andrew Kopp in 20 games played. 6 goals, 8 assists for 14 points. And for the goaltending, Alexander Gorgiev in 2 games played. Had a record of 0-1-0. With a 204 goals against and a 935 save percentage. Then Igor Shosturkin in 20 games played had a record of 10 9 0 with a 259 goals against and a 929 save percentage. Okay, so last season, the New York Rangers took most of us by surprise. They made huge steps forward, making it all the way to the Eastern Conference Finals and losing the, the round before the Stanley Cup Finals to the Tampa Bay Lightning. No shocker. Now, obviously there were some additions to the New York Rangers. Like for one, you guys lost Ryan Strom, but you added Vincent Trocek. And you also added Ryan Carpenter for depth. While on the defense, pretty much looks the same. Got some young ones like Keandre Miller. Ryan Lindgren, Adam Fox, and you also signed Yaroslav Halak to be the next backup, possible backup behind Igor Shosturkin. So, my biggest overall question is, can the New York Rangers still make strides forward? My answer is yes. I believe they can. I believe... In the upcoming years, the New York Rangers could possibly and finally end their Stanley Cup drought and win their first one since 1994. Alrighty. And now to Major League Baseball. There are a few things to talk about, but one of the big ones I want to mention is that the Seattle Mariners are finally going to the playoffs for the first time since 2001. Ending their 20-year drought of making the playoffs. For the first time since 2001. It's 21 years, yeah. Seattle Mariners are finally going to make the playoffs. That is very exciting to see. And Mariner fans, I'm happy for you. I might even root for you guys. This is awesome. Now... Since the Seattle Mariners have ended their playoff drought, who do you think is going to be the next team to end their long playoff drought? You guys can always let me know your thoughts and opinions on that. But here are the current active professional teams that are who still have the longest playoff droughts. For the NBA, it's the Sacramento Kings, 16 seasons. For the National Hockey League, the Buffalo Sabres at 11 seasons. And for the NFL, the New York Jets at 11 seasons. Now, for your only fact, ever since the Seattle Mariners last made the playoffs, here are some notable Major League Baseball players 
that made their debut and retired before the Mariners clinched the postseason over the weekend. These are the players. Cliff Lee, Jake Peavy, Mark Teixeira, Joe Maurer, David Wright, Curtis Granderson, Dustin Pedroia, Buster Posey, Ryan Braun, Ryan Howard, John John Lester, and Chase Utley. Now... All right. So yeah, let me know your thoughts. Is it how awesome is it that the Mariners finally made the playoffs? And also, what happened today is today was the final game at Bush Stadium for Albert Pujols, Yadier Molina, and Adam Wainwright. All three of them will be retiring at the end of the year. The St. Louis Cardinals do have three more games to close out the season, but in Pittsburgh, and Albert Pujols hit his first, his final home run at Bush Stadium, which. I saw the highlights, and man, that was so cool to see. Um, also, early congratulations to Albert Pujols, Adam Wainwright, and Yair Molina. All three on very fantastic careers. Now, are the, all of them going to be Hall of Fame? Pujols and Molina, yes. Wainwright, I'm not too sure about, but we'll see. Now, the other biggest news in Major League Baseball. Today's Sunday, at the, at the time of this recording. So whenever this comes out, it may have already happened. But Tony La Russa is expected to announce his retirement again for Major League Baseball. Now, Tony La Russa did come out of retirement to manage the White Sox in 2021 and throughout most of 2022 before he had to leave for some heart problems. Now, do I think Tony La Russa is ever going to manage again? It doesn't sound like he's going to, but my overall thoughts are you know, Tony, obviously one of the best managers in baseball, even before the White Sox brought him back, which I, I, I still never understand why, to be completely honest. But overall, congrats on a good career, Tony. Um, yeah, this season definitely brought some frustrations, that's for sure. But one of my favorite Tony La Russa moments... I'm not going to lie. What still stands is, uh, actually, there's two that stood out that really took me away. Uh, the first time seeing him in the Southside City Connect jersey when he was doing that pose, that pose was so hysterical. Like, it even ended up being a meme, which I thought that was pretty funny. And, honestly, the one clip I saw him ran, goodness gracious, Oh, it was it was honestly kind of funny to watch Tony La Russa run, but overall, congrats on a good career, Tony. Uh, he is technically already a Hall of Fame manager, so I don't have to ask the debate if he should be in the Hall of Fame. But I gotta admit, the one thing I'll never understand is why did the white why did the White Sox even brought him back? I I don't know, but overall, congrats, Tony. Alright, now we're going to go to the NFL that I saved it best for last. Because there's this one thing that I really want to talk about out of all the other NFL topics that either could have been or that I did had in mind. It involves Tua Tagovola of the Miami Dolphins. For those of you that don't know, Tua Tagovola got another concussion this past week. For the second time, mind you all. So, today is October 2nd. 
Let's go back to the last Sunday. Okay? Which was September 25th. And the Miami Dolphins ended up losing. No, check that. They actually beat the Buffalo Bills. 23. Well, they ended up winning the Buffalo Bills, basically. But the point is, Tua Tagovola, he got a concussion. Most people were saying it was a back injury. No, it wasn't. I'm pretty sure everybody knows what a back injury means. So then basically, Tua wobbled forward. He fell forward and was trying to like wobble back. And they cleared him to play for the second half. Now, when we fast forward to Thursday, Tua Tagovola, who got sacked by one of the def- by the defensive linemen of the Cincinnati Bengals, and if you watch the replay, Tua got flacked. He got sat like one of those football dummies that, like when you push or tackle, they come back. Oh, that was how that felt. Oh, it was so brutal to even watch. Now, Tua basically slammed his head, and then they had to send him to the hospital. And what I also don't understand is the Ohio doctors cleared him. Like, then he went home with the team on the plane, and he was watching a movie and laughed the whole time. So this is what I don't understand. Why was Tua not, why was he not put on not to play on Thursday if he was dealing with a concussion? Because two games in a week, that does not give the brain enough time to heal. Sunday, okay, then Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. That's four days apart, ladies and gentlemen. And... I question the Ohio doctors on why do they clear him so quick when they were like, wait a minute, we need to test this guy more. Test him further for a possible CTE. And what's scary is Tua's only 24. The guy is young. Yeah, I know he's up to get big bucks, but big money soon, but the guy's 24 and he just had two concussions in the same week. That can't be good, right? I don't get it. And also, he laughed through the whole film, and he flew home with the team. Now he's resting at home, thank goodness, but I I, want to know which Ohio doctor thought that was a good idea to send him home. No, they should have kept him there longer than three days at least. I know I'm no expert of a doctor here, but sending him on quick, something's not right here. And to be honest, I even question head coach Mike McDaniels. What the hell was he even thinking? There's a lot of questions I got about the whole situation. I question the Miami Dolphins doctor, team doctors exact. I even question the Ohio doctors at the hospital Tua was sent who thought it was a good idea to send him home. I also questioned head coach Mike McDaniels. What did he not miss? What did he miss? 
what what did he not get that was like, wait a minute, you're not clear to play. Wait a minute. Hold the phone. Ooh, man. All I know is if I was the NFL head coach, I would have had him tested ASAP. And I would not have had him play on Thursday if I was the head coach of the Miami Dolphins. I would have led to a rest until he was fully, fully 100%. I know that from the bottom of my heart. And on Sunday, if I was in his shoes and if I saw him wobbling, I'm sending him to the trainer's room ASAP or in the, the tent that they put players in concussion protocols, and he and I would not let him back in. Oh, no. I would not have done that. So, I really don't understand the Miami Dolphins' thoughts and process through this whole thing. I really, really, really don't. Please, everyone, let me know your thoughts on this, because the Miami Dolphins really make me scratch my head now, ever since the whole situation. And I really hope Tua gets better. It is a shame to see a young player go down like this. All right. You guys can always let me know your thoughts and opinions on Twitter at BillManSports and Instagram at BillManSportsGuy. To quickly recap, in the NHL, we talked about the Calgary Flames. Since I accidentally forgot to talk about the team that got out of the second round, I mentioned one of them last week, but I accidentally did the Oilers instead of the Flames, so that was my mistake. But we also talked about the New York Rangers, who were actually eliminated in the third round. In the NBA, Tyler Hero signs his contract extension. How will he do with the Miami Heat? In Major League Baseball, Tony La Russa is expected to retire. Who's going to be the next White Sox manager? I really want to hear your thoughts on this. And in the NFL, the Miami Dolphins' entire thinking process. I have a giant question mark on that. So thank you for tuning in to episode number 83 of Bill Man the Sport Guys podcast. I am your host, Bill Man. As we count down to episode number 100, stay tuned for episode number 84. Peace.